0: Welcome to episode 613 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Rightio, team welcome along to episode 613 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsome and Bevan James Isles. How you
1: going, mate? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm happy to be here, Bevan, because I, I drove today. and as I was early. Co- yeah, as I was coming down your driveway, uh, a dog came running after out after me and after the car. So thankfully I was not riding today. Those bloody, dogs. That's, bloody the, dogs. that's the dog that ate a cat. Yes. So heard, is, your, is Joe's cat still alive? Yes, it is.
0: It is surviving. And that dog's very much on its last legs. Oh, <laughs> God. So that's the only hope that uh, that we live with with those dogs around. Not lovely couple, not so nice dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our talk is proudly brought to you by Extreme
1: Endurance.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, your electric buffer is what we get with Extreme Endurance, and we also have
1: our patrons and let's name a few jumbo, Adam, Mister P, Wait. We've got Craig, out of the park, millwood and Millman. Sorry. The BFG Greg Penner. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got discussion, uh, we've got news, we've got discussion of the week. We've got an interview, John. We have. We're going to be talking to Ian Hallamans, a slash dietitian. He has a very well known husband, Dr. John Hallamans. And we're going to be talking about relative energy deficiency and explaining what that is and what you need to watch out
0: for. And she's actually been on the show before and she was a great interview. So we've got her back. My first try, Wanger of the Week, questions and answers at the end, John. Let's talk about this. We had Ironman South Africa over the weekend and a
1: pretty good race on both the male and female. It certainly was. Uh, I, I, was I actually watched a little bit of the coverage, oh. just a little bit on, it was on, it was it Sunday night New Zealand time and just sort of clicked in and thought, I wonder what sort of coverage you're doing. It's a regional championship. Got to say, I was pretty impressed. I did only watch for probably about 15 minutes. It was on the bike, but really good clear pictures, um, good commentators, and then also they did the kind of little things you want to do, you want to have is it's rolling along and the splits pop up on the side of the page. Oh, you know, it's like yeah. leader and then the time deficits. And I'm like, okay, I've got a feel for what's going so on here. Informed. And then they did like a, there was a big shot on um, Ben Hoffman and then they popped up a little interview with Ben Hoffman pre-race. It's like, this is exactly what you want to be seeing. Imagine if they do this in Kona where it's, right, we're going to focus in on a Nikolanos, We're going to bring up a, a a little interview with him. And so... I did only watch a short amount, but from what I saw it was um, it was really good and i 've got to say uh the section I watched so it was at Port Elizabeth in South Africa. The section I watched looked stunning in terms of the scenery. the road didn 't look too much chop; it was quite uh kiwi kiwi style roads but i 've got to say it looked pretty nice, so if you are going over that area for seventy point three champs, I do I believe. Um, oh, they'll be sort of September time, or August, September. And is it on the same course or is it? Same area, same place, but not the same course I believe and I believe the roads they're going to be on are a bit smoother and, uh, and there'll be some good hills out there as well. So Buckingham took it out. He did and so when I was watching uh, the coverage Cam Worth had made it to the front on the bike uh, and he was pushing away and also you had uh, Josh Amberger up there so story of the day, Josh Amberger as usual spanked out the swim and then you had Cam Worth, who you heard on the show last week, he came through and took the lead on the bike, he rode a 4.19, ended up with around about I think it was a 7 or 8 minute lead coming off the bike um, but only managed to do a 3.05 marathon so he slipped down to 4th place but Kyle Buckingham came through with a really fantastic run, 248, and it really did come down to the run. A lot of the guys were riding sort of around 431 or just over. He had the fastest run there and came through and won in 8 hours and 13 minutes. Josh Hamburger had a you know nice solid run there, 2.53 to hang on for second, and Maurice Clavel, who did well in wrote last year, he was third in 8.18, Camworth fourth, Ronnie Schildnick in fifth place. So pretty strong field and reasonably close racing. I've got to say, I didn't realise Lucy Charles
0: was so young. Yeah, she's, she's only a,
2: 24.
0: Mm. Wow, so she, and she had a dominating race, smashed the swim, smashed the bike, kind of got the run done, but, you know, like, Far
1: out! I mean, she's only twenty-four. Yeah, no. So she's certainly, um, you know, you got to say if we're if we're looking for people to challenge Daniela Reef, um, you wouldn't say she's in the the right ballpark yet in terms of really pushing her. If Daniela Reef's on a game, what's another five years from now? Yeah, and she's got to probably chip away at that run. You know, if she can get that run down to under three hours, I, I do believe that was I think a PB run split for her. So it's oh, was it? improving. Okay. okay. Uh, so she's heading in the right
0: direction. Because I was wondering, did she just because she had such a massive lead, did she just hold off?
1: Yes yeah, she may have done but still a PB and 8.56 relative to the winner, male winner at 8.13 shows it was a pretty solid performance. Um, just back to the guys, Ben Hoffman who was uh, right up there off the bike, uh, ran, I wouldn't say ran, he did a 6 hour 42 marathon to finish in 12.06. Well, good on a finishing part. <laughs> yeah, so I had an athlete out there, old Finn Swager, he was out there cranking it and he was saying he saw Ben Hoffman on the run and he was, it wasn't pretty just seeing a pro athlete sort of hobble around, but at the same time now he's got nine man finish under his belt. Oh, of course. He's got, got, got to validate, that may have been one of the reasons, or he may have been thinking I'm going to finish this, what a bloody started, but you know, for a lot of these athletes they do need to validate, so... You, You're thinking, well, I've come all this way, I might as well at least finish. So, if you do recall, Ben Hoffman did do the Cape Epic, the big uh, mountain bike challenge. So, he was certainly in the mix coming off the bike. uh, And had he had a really good run, he would have, uh, you know, could have won the race, but he didn't. But he did finish, and so he's validated, providing he has enough points uh, for later in the year. Uh, Alistair Brownlee is, oh sorry. oh sorry, the rest of the girls. The rest of the girls. Sorry. It's, uh, Susie Cheatham came home with a three hour and 47 second marathon to come home in nine hours and two minutes, so six minutes off the win. And Lindsay Corbin, sub three hour marathon, 2.58, uh, ran her way up to third place. Rachel McBride was fourth and Menon Guenet from France was in fifth place. So... We had 14 female finishes and 21 male finishes. Good times. Rock and roll. Uh, Brownlee.
0: Didn't do so well at Commonwealth Games. Comes up and tears up a seventy point three in China. Certainly did. Well uh, you've got to say Craiglist that didn't do
1: too bad. Craiglist. So it's kind of the the new guard of Ironman. That's Man right. The, the old passing guard. of the baton. But I, d- I did see in a comment that Alistair Brownley made that he's in really good swim bike shape Just and the run. And the run is is uh, I think. He's, and it kind he, of showed
0: in the Com Games, didn't
1: it? It certainly did. Um, so he he rode seven eight minutes into the rest of the field so you had craig alexander now let's be honest craig alexander is still bloody good yeah but he's not oh, he's at w- the, the top top and, he, really. and he's far away from his peak yeah but but still you've got to say in third place you had sam benton and fourth place mark buckingham and they're both solid athletes you've got to say craig alexander is still cranking it but you wouldn't say he's going to go into like 70.3 worlds as a as a favorite no. um so alistair Brownley swam 21 rode two hours put 7 to 8 minutes and then he ran a one sixteen. so he may not have been running hard uh, and, but he ended up winning by 4 minutes over Craig Alexander who came home with a fantastic 1 hour 13 half marathon. Okay so Craig Alexander's
0: 44 years old.
1: Mm. How old's Brownlee though? He, he'd, okay, be, um, he'd be about 30 wouldn't he? I would have thought. On the girls side of things there in China, this race was in China 70.3, um, God Again, Neska from Poland took that out in 4.19, only winning by 10 seconds, and then only another 50 seconds back to Sarah Pampiano. So good racing there. We also had uh, uh, the Challenge Roma half, and Adam Bowden from the UK took that out, with Sarah Lewis from the UK taking that out. So a bit of a bloody pommy domination everywhere. They're winning, winning a Challenge race, taking out South Africa on the female side of things and then taking out the 70.3 in China. Okay, Brownlee's 29. Oh, it's pretty close.
0: 15 years different, but... Yeah, yeah. you only know, got five, five minutes, yeah. you know. Uh, look at this. I'm just, while I was doing some searching for Brownlee, and I'll put this photo up as this week's photo because it's absolute gold. Brownlee is a young boy running.
1: All oh, right, I've seen a few odd pictures of him. Yeah, yeah, it's a gold uh, one. They were cranking it when they were youngsters.
0: Were they? Were they pretty talented even as youngsters? Just were they were
1: doing lots of cross country and crazy, crazy ass stuff in the, in the north of England. Do you know when they transitioned to triathlon then? Uh but it was pretty early. Was it? I don't know if they full, full-time transitioned, but um, they were doing tries from a pretty young age. You're obviously pretty
0: talented, those two. I uh, just, uh, Murray with the Holy Hammer Center, and I saw him out there biking the other day, saying he's pulling on a bit of weight, needs to sharpen up, so <laughs> <laughs> sharpen up, mother. Uh, just saying that at the Ironman South Africa
1: race, a French athlete disappeared before the race. so like, like a weird article, though. He walked out of the hotel in the middle of the night and It was not strange, wasn't it? A bit, it didn't take strange. his phone or anything with
0: him. It didn't take his wallet, so it wasn't like he was just going down for a... You know, burger or anything, mm. and uh, it's gone missing. So his name was um, Rene David Rene Roger Bellet Beloust, maybe. Um, so hopefully he turns up. Just kind of sad news. So fingers crossed he turns up.
1: While I was away, we had a seventy point three in California, and yeah, this was what an interesting result! An interesting result. I think a lot of people. It will going. Oh, Jan Frodeno, one passed bad race, one bad race in Kona, and he's passed it. My God, this was at the seventy point three at Oceanside. And look at who he beat. He spanked it. He uh, so he was up against Lionel Sanders, and and you, and you expect, you know, you wouldn't expect. You'd think Jan Frodeno is always going to outswim Lionel Sanders, and. When he's on form he's probably going to outrun him but he outbiked him as well so they rode two hours and eight minutes and he just out uh, lionel sanders by about 20 odd seconds and then put another minute into the run so he he won by over three minutes from lionel sanders uh and also there was a stack field i mean tim, tim, tim reed, reed was there as well and he was another five minutes down so jan fredino ain't done yet this year Other than Brownlee not being there, Kona is going to
0: rock. It's going to be great. We're going to be there. Because this is his real proof moment. Mm. You know, like he's dominated other than last year. Mm. So it's his comeback moment. This is the one where he's got to come back and step up as an athlete to prove that his domination. Uh, But we now got Gomez. You know, you've got someone like Lionel Sanders who stepped up last year, didn't quite get there. But, you know, this year's Kona is going to be, at least the male race, is going to be absolutely fantastic.
1: Because you can't, you know, sometimes the great runners can get off the bike and you can kind of go... Uh, I'm gonna, I, if I have a good run, I can kind of almost come from anywhere. But you yep. can't go in with that because if Gomez is in, I, my feeling is Gomez might not be there after the bike, but he could run anything out of these guys. Yeah. But also Patrick Langer, if, if, if you don't yeah. have a, you know, a five-minute lead on him, um, you've got to have a bloody good run to hold him off.
0: And the thing about Langer we have to look at is he's done it two years in a row. Mm. So it's not just a fluke freakish run. Mm. He knows how to turn up to Kona. And, and run like that, and <coughs> wow, man! This year's race is going to be so excited. girl uh, side so li- of things,
1: likewise on the girls' side of things. Uh, Anne Haug, um, who I've talked about once or twice, a couple of her splits have just been amazing, and then she's gone out there and absolutely 116 on the run, smoked it again, one sixteen on the run. And she's outriding Holly Lawrence and some other very, very good athletes. You know, outriding Heather Jackson by a couple of minutes, outriding Holly Lawrence by a minute. Uh, And she's not the best swimmer, but she's not a a back-of-the-pack swimmer. So she, she won't come out with the lead girls, but she'll come out probably with... The t- maybe the tail end of the, the sort of main pack of girls, uh, so jeez, if she can transfer this across to Ironman, she is going to be a weapon. And just one other note there, I saw Paula Finlay actually finishing uh, that race there, she used to be a very good ITU athlete, she was well off the pace, um, but still managed to finish in 6th place. Ben Canute took out the boys race, uh, and we did also, oh this was in uh, at 70.3 Texas, Ben Canute took that out and uh, Mel Halscheidt. Off yeah, beat off Mirinda Carfrey in her comeback race. Yeah. So, pretty solid result by Mirinda Carfrey. She, you know, pretty much um, it was a sprint finish. But look at the time.
0: I was too a sprint finish. So basically, she did no, no, no. N- it was two minutes difference. No, between Miranda and second, and third, second and third. Oh, second and third. Sorry, yes. Between so she won by
1: point zero nine of a second over here. The Wirtle, yeah. So that's a pretty competitive comeback, you know, she's not that far off Mel um, Uh she just sort of got two minutes put into her on the bike and when you're beating Heather Wertle who's one of the best 70.3 athletes in the world or matching her, um, pretty solid comeback. Yeah, good times, rock and roll.
0: Uh, other news, it could be fireworks, John. Or they always have fireworks, but it could be even fireworks in the race this year because Keenley and Wolf have both signed up. So, it's uber cyclists.
1: Yeah, on the guys' side of things. So that's what we we you know they rode if they rode like they did in Kona, chances of setting an extremely fast time are high. You know, obviously Cam Worth is not the same pedigree as Keenley on the run. But if Keenlay's got somebody there pushing him on the bike, because we know when Jan Fredino's done that that, that amazing time over there and some of the other guys, they've always solo TT'd it. But if Keenlay's got worth with him, cranking it on the bike... uh, God knows how fast they could ride and Keenley could put together a good run and uh, who knows what sort of time they could do we're going to be there
0: John we are going to be oh, there mate, there's, it's, three, there's three types of fireworks
1: yeah and Lucy Charles I, I believe is going to be there as well along with uh, Laura Siddle and uh, a bunch of others so <sighs> could see some great times this year let the
0: fireworks go John
1: Tim Dom we've got a lot of um, listeners
0: emailing us about the article that was in the New York Times this week uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes great article about Tim Dom and in it he's saying he's so hoping to go sub 250 in the Boston Marathon and I got up this morning, and Swanee Noah had sent through the article, and I thought I oh, have a look. He did two forty nine and
1: atrocious conditions. Yeah, because if you remember, a few years ago when Boston Marathon was on when the, the bombings happened this, yeah. th- this happens while, pretty much while we're recording the show and we didn't really think too much of it so it does actually happen exactly because it happens on Monday in the US we're recording on Tuesday morning in New Zealand so we didn't really have a clue what was going on when we mentioned it and it's just literally happened I got up this morning and saw the weather conditions as well it looked abysmal like, really? <laughs> and we just saw before we came yeah. on here we saw some pictures of the well the winning like, time was only like 2.15 for the men's yeah the guys running along and, and the girls in jackets and beanies and you'd never see that in any marathon you might see some polypropes and gloves and stuff but god it looked horrendous yeah pretty crazy
0: yeah. Um, a Japanese runner Yuki from the gym a guy I work with at the gym good good, good friend of mine uh, he came up this morning he said Japanese won the Boston Marathon oh really yeah
1: oh, nice work yeah, on so the guys side then yeah, it I think be. it's an American one. Oh, well, a look. You talk for us again. Uh, so Challenge family have introduced a new world ranking or sort of pl- prize pool uh, worldwide now. So if you recall last year, they had a European bonus for if you sort of supported their series and they had a point system, whoever finished up top had, had a nice bonus. This year they're expanding that to make it worldwide. So it's a pretty decent bonus. It's a $165,000 um, prize pool and it's going to be broken up uh, five deep. Overall winners will take home 30000 Second place twenty thousand, fourth fourth twelve, and fifth place five thousand. So it's a point-based system. Uh, it started last weekend at Challenge Roma and will finish up in Daytona at the end of the year. So great way, I think, to differentiate themselves from Ironman. We've got the KPR and Ironman, which really doesn't mean anything. It's just a qualifying system. So um, I think Ironman are missing a beat here, and if they come up with it, well, they're sort of second to the party. But uh, I think athletes should be rewarded for, you know, performing consistently we see it in the ITU circuit they get rewarded extremely well for turning up through the series so good on challenge for doing that and um, it's, I think it's enough money for sort of the not necessarily the Kona winners to go and look at it and go oh, wow well, I'll go and do that for, and try to win the 30 grand but certainly for the second tier athletes I think this will boost um, some of the challenge races so nice work OK so the Japanese guy OK I'm
0: I, do to say his name you're going to say Yuki wait a second here's his last name um <laughs> Kawachi, I'm going to say. Yuki Kawachi. This is a good story so he's a government employee in japan who doesn't run professionally and has a full-time job ah, nice so the boston's kind of the unofficial world championship isn't it
1: oh i wouldn't
0: say that but it's it's one of the ma- it's big leagues major yeah. major uh this was his 71st competitive marathon since beginning in 2012 averaging just one a month overall he's run 81 marathons he's won 26 81 of 81
1: marathons yeah.
0: run or one run oh okay I thought yeah, you said yeah 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 no no, no no um He's ran twenty six of them faster than two twelve, so he's pretty decent. Seventy nine of them under two twenty, both of them. Those numbers are world records. January he ran a two eighteen marathon. That race gave him the most runs ever under two twenty. Oh, there you go. So kind of an age grouper turning up and winning the Boston Marathon. Now it wasn't a fast time; it was only two fifteen. And the American female, uh, they haven't got uh, uh, dizzy Linden. uh, She did two thirty nine, but. Again, atrocious conditions. Atrocious. And you look at his face, he looks pretty stoked.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So,
0: good on you, Yuki. That's that's awesome stuff. Pretty awesome.
1: Okay, John, where Uh, are we? um, Other piece of news we had this week is Challenge Wanaka is no longer going to have a full distance race, which is is a real shame. Um, You kind of saw the writing was on the wall.
0: Now, I've got to be honest, when I was there, the talk was they'll keep it next year and mm. then it would go away the year after that, mm. but obviously they pulled the plug earlier.
1: Yeah, which and I had a chat to an athlete that won't be named yesterday, and she had some really good points, um, So saying maybe it could have been done a bit better, saying let's go out on a bang and, and have one last crack at it, and so for all those people who thought, oh, bloody hell, this is the last chance I'll ever get to do it, rather than just sort of I've got to say, off. working there this year, and you were there, hmm.
0: It was the way of the future.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't disagree, and I understand all the points um, for for making the change. But it's just a shame that there wasn't one last hurrah sort of thing. And whether they should have just hung on for one more year and said, right, anybody you want to do this, this is your last opportunity to 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 do the challenge, Wanaka fall, and then and then put it to bed. So, yeah, I, I agree. It was it was kind of. I think it to be pretty awesome now. You know, not that not that there was. Like this
0: year was the first year we had this, this uh, half, and the full and the half was the main focus. And it did feel a bit flat after the fact, mm. you know, this year. you know, It was normally, I don't know, for some reason because the full was the main focus, it still felt all night long. Well, you had the pros there as well. Yeah, so but even like, even like people hanging around after the fact, mm. you know, a lot more people used to hang around. This year was a lot quieter uh, in the later hours. Um, you know, so they obviously medical and it's probably financial as well. Yep. And fair enough to them, you know. And then like, you think of what it's going to be next year because mm. the good thing is, in a half, you're done what by four or five, mm-hmm. pretty much.
1: Mm-hmm. The, the field's done, and it's going to be an awesome night, yeah. You know, one of the best halves you can do in any of the world. So make sure you check it out. Oh. But it is a real shame to see that we haven't got another iron distance race because it is an amazing course down there. And guys, if you're listening to this, go and do some adventurous races and don't always look for the fast times. And please don't always go to Iron Man Race just because it's an M dot, it does my head in. Like don't, there's so many good non M dot races out there, and there's nothing against Man that do a great job, but God, you doesn't have to have an M dot there. Broaden your horizons. Yeah. You haven't bit of rent here, mate. Oh. Partial rep. I know you haven't. not want to talk you.
0: This is in the show notes, but let's talk the uh, Commonwealth Games triathlon now. We'll talk about your experience later on. But let's talk about the races,
1: okay? Because that is kind of news, and we didn't talk about it last week, obviously. So yeah, I was on the sideline for all three triathlons. So they had a male sprint, a female sprint, or well, the female sprint was first, male sprint, and mixed relay. Uh, so first up, we had the females' race, somewhat predictable in terms of there was always going to be Flora Duffy going out there and spanking it and whether she solo TT'd off the front or had some company. As it turned out, she had some company with uh, Jess Liamoff from the UK and they just pulled away and just spanked it. Then there was another group behind them and they worked together but they couldn't, they, I can't remember exactly the the time split back, uh, but there was, it was sort of never in doubt that um, that uh, Duffy. Duffy was going to take it out. It was... it's. For Worlds over there, I think the age group race is going to be pretty, uh, pretty boring. Drifties. It's basically just up and down this highway. But what they did really well with the, this race is they had lots of little U-turns and ins and outs and stuff. And so we stood on this corner and… I think I know where you were because yeah. oh, you told me where you were going to be I was like I'm guarantee he's on that corner so they came into this uh, little cul-de-sac went yep. down yep. pulled it's a u-turn yep. and came, picked it came out the other side but the cool thing so, so by standing on that corner you saw them go into the corner you saw them come out but then what you could do and Thomas was great at this you basically run down the street d- down to the end of the cul-de-sac and you'd be able to see them coming past the other side ah. so each lap we got to see them three times four laps we got to see them twelve times on the bike oh, so it was pretty good and um, and so was it a good atmosphere? Tra- there? It, it was. Yeah. Did no, you was, didn't yell anyone this time? Decent crowd. Uh, did I yell at anyone? No, I didn't. I don't think. Uh, no. Maybe no maybe I the I time didn't, in Auckland, you went apeshit. At someone. I did go apeshit. <laughs> Somebody accused the Brownleys of being drug cheats. And it was just the most. It was the most pathetic spectating I've ever seen, and I, I, I had to take a stand. <laughs> yeah, <on> <laughs> f- the cuffs nearly came out. <laughs> so the girls' race was somewhat predictable. Um, it was a good race for, for, for third place. Um, Kiwi got fourth, didn't she, Got sixth? No, she got about se- seventh, I think. Yeah, okay. So uh, Kiwi actually did, apart from Andrea, did, uh, did really quite well. They did as good as you could have expected. They weren't gonna get the medals, but they, they went quite well. Um, so yeah, girls race. The, the one thing was, uh, in, in hindsight, what I would have done in, in, uh, is you couldn't see the swim, um, because it was, A, they, had, they, just had, they just had this massive exclusion area, which was kind of bizarre, and I think it was security reasons, okay. um, rather than them trying to, um, yeah, I think it was security. But I would have, in hindsight, got a ticket for the grandstand area where you could have actually had the big screen, and you would have seen oh, them come quite back, because okay. you couldn't really get anywhere near the finish, um, which, f- 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 fair enough, if people paid for the tickets. Yep. Um, so we didn't really get to see the finish. Guys, But th- could you... Could you watch on an app? Did you know what was happening? Um, Not really. If you had lots of data, you could have. So it was all. I was watching over the shoulder of uh, somebody (laughs) standing next to me. Fuck off, mate! (laughs) And so I've got to say that the the coverage over there was really, really good. They had an app where you could watch everything live um, and just click onto whatever you want to watch. Unlike in New Zealand,
0: yeah, we had a lot of controversy. Uh,
1: So girls' race was good and and a good good race for for third place. and the cool thing was, everybody deserted the Gold Coast. And so we got this car park. I was thinking, oh, we're going to have to go forever here. We got a car park within a few hundred metres of the course. Oh, no, really? And so we were thinking, oh, we're going to have to sit around all bloody day here. Um, but we just went back to our unit and, uh, and drove back and parked within a few hundred metres and came back for the guys' race. The cool was, before we went back, mm, it, might, it looks like there could be a few clouds out there. we better take jackets. And so we did take the jackets. And thank God, because before the guys' race, it pissed down and it was howling winds and all this sort of stuff and oh man it was not much fun standing under a tree waiting for them to start and but it cleared up didn't it it did clear up but the roads were still wet yeah and the corner, again, we stayed on the same corner and one lap, we had a Kiwi in the front group and Alistair Brownlee came up the inside of him on uh, on one of the, on the corner and they basically were rubbing shoulders going around this pretty narrow corner and I just thought this is all over. And they managed to keep I think Alistair to told him often. I, think on, I remember watching a TV, I'm pretty sure Alistair got kind of it, gave him a bit Well of he could have done, but when, I, from, when it, from my angle when I saw it I thought, you shouldn't be going around that corner to abreast, And so yeah. I'm not quite sure whose fault it was, but I think it might have been Brownlee's fault. Yeah. Anyway, so the guys' race was, again, that was quite interesting. So you, you knew the winner, well, you kind of felt that the winner was going to come from that lead group and you didn't really know what the Brownleys were going to do uh, because it ended up being a group of eight. So if you didn't see the coverage, it was, yeah, I think it was a group of eight and they were cranking away. The second group was basically being pulled by Richard Murray the whole way yeah. and uh, I think the guys in the second group need to bloody be buying him a few beers because he kept them in contention. It never it was sort of thirty-ish seconds, and so they were would still doing the work. They probably did do a bit of the work, but every time I saw them, he was on the front pulling. Uh, and so then coming off the bike, you kind of thought, well, somebody this lead group's going to probably do it, but potentially guys could run up from the second group. And as it turned out, Henry Schumann looked incredible. So if he can transfer that across to the Olympic distance because he won the first round of the ITU over sprint. Man, he just looked amazing when really? he was running. It was like nobody had a chance against him. And as it turned out he smashed
0: it because I remember the Kiwi Boy tried to
1: stay off him for a few three hundred metres <laughs> yeah, to see that. Oh yeah.
0: So the Kiwi boy took off what's the Kiwi boy's name? Um Taylor Reed. Yeah, he, he had a great race as well, but um he took off and Truman Truman just tried to get a gap mm. and he went for it and the young
1: Taylor took off with him as well. Mm. Lasted about a minute. <laughs> oh, it's <thank> for me. <laughs> yeah. And um, as it turned out, you know, guys from the second pack, uh, were front managed to run up and, and catch all but the first uh, first couple. So Mark Austin, whoever finished second or third, was a breakthrough performance for him. But both the Brownleys were, were boom-char. They were out the back door. Alistair Brownie was majorly out the back door. and Johnny Which isn't Brownie, a
0: surprise, but Johnny?
1: Yeah, no, I was surprised that he didn't run a little bit better. So, um, yeah, so good good on the Aussies because Burt Whistle, who was my pick, he managed to run up to... I can got second or third. Or second or third. And Ryan Sisson's also had a great run as well. So it was actually, the run made it interesting because then you, you thought, well, It was a race for a second, wasn't it? Through. It was a race for second.
0: Yeah. And the team's race, because it looked, it looked like I watched it live.
1: Mm. It was great. The team's race is fantastic. This mixed relay is absolute gold. Uh, and when you're standing on the sidelines there, it was kind of became pretty obvious as, as, as predicted. It was a race between first and second, and then it was a race between second, uh, 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 third Ten and fourth. And uh, yeah, great racing. And you have got to say, you know, it ended up being final leg a, a, a one up TT between Bert Whistle and Brownley. And normally you'd say, okay, Brownley's he's off his game on his running, but I don't. I'm pretty sure Bert Whistle. He certainly didn't make up any time on the bike, as far as I could see. Again, wasn't watching live, but Brownlee was going... I think Brownlee made a little bit of time. It might have been 15 seconds. Yeah, but um, no, it was was great racing. The Aussies did extremely well to... Brownlee got a little bit done,
0: but because their second girl, when she came into transition, kind of just about rolled her ankle really bad. Did you see that? No. Oh, so she came into transition, and she slid... As she took her bike off, she kind of slid forward on her ankle, Mm. and then she had a slow transition, and then... So it just kind of cost her a little bit of time and ultimately I don't know if she would have been able to say if they have a girl but it was almost the difference.
1: It's just a cool tactical race because there's so many different cards you can play in terms of the order you put your athletes in and um, yeah it unfolds really nicely and you you know if you've got one really strong athlete it can make a big difference and if you've got one really weak athlete like the South Africans had really poor um, female athletes racing and and so they had two of the the, arguably the best males but had uh, probably the two not the worst females, but much, much weaker females. So they were completely, they got lapped. Uh, So yeah, it's a great So we got third,
0: was it Canada fourth?
1: Yeah, it was really yeah. close race between uh, New Zealand and Canada, and we won it on the third leg, uh, the final leg, which was um, which was fantastic because he was a young fella and uh, I had my doubts, but uh, it was great that he came through and did the. Did one business. thing, one thing the
0: Kiwis did, which if you watch it, you be probably not see this, John, but they went to the people who designed the America's Cup boat and uh, and America's Cup is a big thing in New Zealand, big design, a lot of money goes into it, and they said we want a faster transition, so he basically wore sand shoes. On the bike. Ah, oh, right. And so his transition was just get off the bike and run. Yeah. He didn't change his shoes. And they invented, and they basically took it away, and they said, they don't want anyone to see it because it's a bit of a competitive advantage. But it it, it must have been some kind of...
1: Yeah, just a foot plate. Yeah. But nice. Yeah.
0: So, um, and it was a massive advantage because I think he came into transition... With the other guy, neck and neck. It was just in front of him. Yeah, but yeah. It, you know, it added was, 15 seconds. I
1: was listening. It was, it was nine or something no, like No, but that. I mean it added in transition. It probably yes. added 10, 15 seconds. So
0: yeah. um, it was yeah, it was good. It was, uh, all it was, I thought is why hasn't this happened earlier? mm like, that's such an obvious gain in triathlon. Why has no one ever thought of doing that? Oh, you've had foot, foot plates have
1: been around for a long time. But why aren't they being used? Um, because you don't have much power on the bike. Uh, and so if you are in a group and you're really looking to attack in and out of corners and things like that, uh, it's relatively easy for your foot to come out of the shoe. So athletes have used it for quite some time, but probably a little bit... Um, so maybe these ones are a bit course. better. But if, if you were doing a straight line TT... Um, then, then guys like Matt Bricks certainly used to use them, but if it's slightly technical course or hilly course then um then not as good as having as Have having a bike shoe. No, I don't think so, no. Okay. So, you know, it was a good time to come off games. We'll talk
0: more about the whole games a, and later on the show, but that was very interesting stuff. Jonbo, let's do a pause. Oh, just because, what, just oh. one other
1: thing. Um, so one other race coming up this weekend is the 33rd Strongman oh, yeah. in, J- in Japan. And I did notice uh, it's not quite an iron distance race. It's a 3K swim, 157K bike, and a marathon run. Um, but Cam Brown went and did it last year, and he used to do a lot of racing in Japan. I've been to a couple of races with him. And... Uh, and it looks like a cool race to go and do. It's like on these little islands off, way off the south of Japan. And uh, there's like bridges that are like five kilometres long. You go ride between the islands and stuff. So uh, they get about 3,500 applications every year and only take 1,700. Wow. So it's still very, very popular. I read this report
0: from last year. It sounds great. And it was really interesting because he, he was feeling a bit sick. He wasn't going to race or do the swim and so yeah. on and so on. and ended up winning it. So good on Here we go. Okay, we're going to put a pause on because we've got an interview coming up. And we are back, and we just did the interview with Ian, which you guys are going to hear really soon. But before we do, John, discussion of the week. If you were to get a tat or write something on your arm for a race for some inspiration, or what would you put on it? And we've got yes. lots of answers
1: for this. We did. So this was a couple of weeks ago we did this one, because last week we, were, I was away, and I've got a few of them here. Uh, Adrian, uh, Mark Adrian Hernandez, pain is temporary, internet results last forever. It is funny, because there... Strava motivates. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, like well, results motivate. You know, and people are looking up your times and athletes and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. but the funny thing is, it's it's mainly
0: your own thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like most people <laughs> don't most really people spend don't that much really time go, thinking yeah. about you. Um you
1: know, has got either I love mum, my, love my mum, or anchor like Popway. Then I've got uh, Nick Josie inside on left wrist, so that you can see it whilst aero. No one owes you anything.
0: Nice. Ross w- uh, Welton's got, treat your body like a rental car.
1: <laughs> nice. Joe Coombe, you are stronger than you think you are. Good old Tracy Barr's got the classic HTFU. Beck Clifford, I wrote my mantra on my arms. Never give up, never surrender. So Sam Balls, young Sam Walls got, earn it. Nice. Simpson, you'll never walk alone. So many meanings. That's, that's our classic Liverpool song, isn't it? And you never they're going to win the Champions League this year, apparently. Are they really? Well, they're, they're still not, in the mix. Not really. Um, Fong's got. How much do you want it? Steve Diodonis. My wife writes, "Be strong" on my left forearm before every race. It helps for the last three, three to five k for sure.
0: Good old Aaron Morgan's got. He's got the photo of it written on his arm. He's got pain. Is temporary.
1: Evrazigi, um, and this is nothing. Michael Cloak, just my I Am Talk nickname to remind me of what to do. Full force. Nice,
0: Gold Golduckin. uh, Von Dizel has got, 12 months ago I set the record on the world's longest mountain bike trail. I had three sayings on the bike to help me get through. Must have a go, work your effing ass off, and you have to go backwards to go forwards.
1: Rosie Davis, just breathe, believe, battle.
0: I'm just going to do a couple more. Jonbo, I'm going to say Nick Rose, Jonesy, has got... Done that? Uh, uh, what about Joseph Muhull? Go for it. Taro on the back. I found, please return to the Premier in Bolton, New England.
1: Nice. Uh, Clyde Rosanowski, don't draft like Coach John. I, other people have got to admit to drafting out there because I admitted a few weeks ago to it. Cheat. And I did... <clears throat> in my Olympic distance days, I distinctly remember one race where it did happen where this group came together and everybody was riding wheel to wheel. Um, but in our long distance days... Did, just, did, it just kind of, did you say anything or well, was it just unwritten you've rule? You've got to think, you put yourself in this position. Oh, yeah, no, you're, you're a 20-year-old. You justify cheating. You can, you? Of course you can justify <laughs> it. But if you're riding along and you're in a competitive race and you get a pack of, say, 15 guys form in front of you, like, and I'm talking one metre gaps, if that, are you going to sit? If you were in that position, Bevan, would John, you sit 15 metres off the morals back? My are more important.
0: I read a book called How to Win, and it's about your moral compass, John. I had no deck down I won as they ride away from me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, as your, prize, your food for the next week rides away from you in the distance. And this is why we don't have non-drafting Olympic distance races anymore. And this was before the drafting uh, rule came in. So just as, as Bevan said, I'm just trying to justify my cheating. That's right. Uh, Aaron Websey said, do it for yourself, nobody else cares. And the last one I've got up here is Melissa Uri who ha- sums it all up, have fun. What you john do you ever... i'm very very process driven so if i if i was to put anything on my arm um or if i was to sometimes i used to put little um notes in, a, in like special needs or something like that but it would be something like hips tits heels and goal. and that's because i like those parts of the body that's right <laughs> uh, i'm, I'm very much <laughs> technique driven on the, the run and Do you like the, heels do you well, yeah, <laughs> you really, into yeah. Belinda, come show no, me those heels. Belinda can't wear heels because then she's taller than me, so <laughs> oh, she has real oh issue, God, she has real she, issues with that. But do you have a problem with it? Not really, but she does. She yeah. Can't be taller than you, so I'm really focusing on my technique. When when things start to get tough on the run, um, it's all about trying to set a little goal for 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 where I'm trying to get to, and that's probably going to be the next stage station or, an, or a next landmark and then very much process driven. So thinking about keeping my hips up, if you watch Ironman races you'll see people's hips drop down running in the bucket. Um, if I say tits because I want to keep my chest up nice and proud and that sort of helps me a little bit with my forward lean and just helps me again lift out of that bucket and then I try to keep some heel lift going and if I do that, that normally results in keeping my cadence up it also indirectly then helps with my knee drive as well. So very much process-driven stuff rather than necessarily motivational um, uh, you know, mantras like a lot of other people have gotten here. Devin, what about you?
0: Uh, I, I have an affirmation I use for the whole race. It's what's the wisest choice I can make right now. Okay, yeah. I just use that over and over again because it's such a moving answer. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, when it comes to the moment, I use music, you know,
1: music should not be allowed in any races full stop period Absolutely. I'm actually listening
0: to a brilliant book right now John and I think you'd love it as well it's called um, I think everyone who listens to the show will love it it's called let me pull it up it's called Endure Mind, Body and the Curiosity the Curiously Elastic Limits of Human Performance um, by a guy called Alex Hutchinson it's a brilliant book it's about endurance basically Mm -hmm. Um, about halfway through very 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 good book Um, and he's just talking about that that um breaking two, he talks about breaking two within it. And oh, yep. he was one of the main reporters on Breaking Two, so he oh, actually some nice. good insight. But t- to me, the two things they should have done in Breaking Two. So this is the break trying to break the sub two hour marathon. Because they, they basically oh. said we're gonna stack the cards in the favour, we're gonna do everything mm-hmm. possible. They didn't have a crowd. A hundred percent crowd. Big mistake. Yeah. Imagine if they pulled the crowd in half an hour to go. Yeah. You know, you're like even that, you know, mm-hmm. like just and they should have let me use music. Now yep. it depends on the athlete.
1: Yep. But I no, absolutely agree with that. I mean, the, the Kenyans might have a totally different mindset yeah. to what we do, but if that was a Western European, like, say, one of us was trying to go for a record time, absolutely to have music, but I still don't think you should be allowed music in races. But in that circumstance, when they were going for a time, it wasn't going to be official, and you're just trying to see what is possible. But if you're trying to get the mean. best out of human performance, why can't you have it in a race? I just, I just, it, I just think it just goes away from the classicness of racing it's like you don't want to add in all the things that necessarily help performance i think that but what a power meter? sorry yeah i i, I would prefer that all those things get outlawed you're old school are you i, I, I like old school it's you going want a adventure. tricycle so absolutely I'll, Penny use my, I'll use my power meter absolutely and it's going to help my performance i'll use a, a run um you know a gps watch it'll help my performance but i would personally prefer that you can people can use those things in training but on race day it's just you and essentially you and your body and um i mean it would be perfect if everything was standardized i think like everybody's got the same sort of bike everything was interesting it's It's not it's not realistic he
0: talks a lot about the hour record on the bike because merrick merrick broke in the 70s Merrick's yeah um he broke it in the 70s and uh and for a long time with the record they said no you've got to be doing how he did it Mm. so it wasn't until like Early two thousands, where they actually said, "Oh no!" and and went stupid. Yeah, and went stupid again. Um, my, 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 I get where you're coming from. It's a kind of pure hmm. alone experience. Mine is I want to use everything I can to see what the best I can get out of my performance, mm. and so I believe fundamentally, if you can use technology in those things, I can perform better. So mm. it's just a difference in opinion there. Okay, this week, oh, this week's discussion. Now it's a, it is a it, it's And you know. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. it interesting. So in New Zealand, over the Commonwealth Games, we had a transgender athlete by the name of Laurel Hubbard, who has been. It's been a big topic in New Zealand. Was it mm. big in Australia? No.
1: Oh, okay. So oh, I know. I didn't see anything of it.
0: Okay. So Laurel Hubbard was a male in the past. Had the uh, operation, has gone through the process, and now it's a female, um, and represented New Zealand in weightlifting. Mm. And um, and actually, it's kind of a fascinating story. Was was dominant. Should have won the gold medal. Went for her personal best of all time. Popped her popped the elbow, and mm. pretty much written off her career. Yeah. So pretty fascinating story. Big topic around this in New Zealand, and one of the things that needs to be said as we discuss this is the science says she has no competitive advantage because of whatever she's done to become a female. So she doesn't actually have a male's competitive advantage when she competes, and that's why she's been allowed to. So they have done testing on her, and they've said, okay, she doesn't actually have a competitive advantage. So Mm -hmm. um, if we look at science based on this, she's actually – it is a fair playing ground is one way of looking at it. But if we were to experience this in our sport – um if so the discussion is if a transgender triathlete, a female who is originally a male, won an Ironman race, how would you feel? Now we don't want this to be a bashing experience, you know, if you've got your bashing, leave it alone. It's just we're just kinda of curious to see because I have to admit it's a subject that I have struggled with. Mm-hmm. I have massive respect for Lauren because mm-hmm. A, like how she treated herself as an athlete, went for the biggest challenge and blew up and that's kinda of take some guts. But B, man, imagine going out in the public and having this disgusting oh, idea. yeah, like that
1: took that took some courage, man yeah. like it's the same as uh, it's not the same, uh, not the same cast a, and, and yeah. I got to see her run the fifteen hundred I think it was fifteen hundred or eight hundred I think it was fifteen hundred uh, heats. She was just crushing it, man. It's but she's like, a bit different because she's one of those yes, kind of, she is. it's just a
0: funny moment, a funny situation mm. around genetics, whereas Lauren has had this yeah. exchange. So I'm um, just. So the question is, if a transgender triathlete, a female who was a male in the past, won Ironman races, how would you feel? And again, we're saying that the science would say they aren't actually getting a competitive advantage over the females. So that's this week's discussion. Jumbo, we've got to
1: do a sponsor first. Extreme endurance. They're going to have some, a couple of new products coming out pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that, guys. It's marathon season uh, for a lot of you guys in the Northern Hemisphere. You've got uh, London, I think, coming up maybe this weekend, I think it is. Uh, we had Boston last weekend. it might be this weekend, actually. You guys have missed out if you went to Boston, but a lot apparently of you guys… Apparently Japanese guy was using it. Apparently. <laughs> That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, and, or you have your early seasons triathlons. So if you haven't tried extreme endurance before, and I'm just talking about the standard extreme endurance, basically you're taking um, three tablets in the morning, three in the evening when you're getting ready for your events, or, or all the way through the season when you're, you're training – it will take your performance to the next level through improved recovery and reducing your, you know, buffer your lactic acid production. So check it out, xendurance.com. If you're in New Zealand, Australia, uh, New Zealand, Australia, you can get it through me, through coachjohnnewsome.com. Um, but elsewhere, use the promo code IMTALK20, you get 20% discount and uh, and that's also a way that they know that you're buying from them because you heard about it through us. Also they have got some cool gear on there as well so you can check out their apparel and they've got uh, everything you need. So check it out, xendurance.com, if you haven't tried it, get ready for your season and get ready to take it to the next level and in your build up races it's going to mean you recover a lot quicker and get ready for your A game later in the season. Okay, that's dot
0: xendurance.com. Here we're gonna put Ian Hellemans on, we're talking about some good nutrition stuff. Here she is right now.
1: Okay guys, so um a little while ago we had Ian Hellemans on the show and we've got her back by popular requests because um, we know you guys love your the topic of nutrition and there's so much advice out there and uh, and it's it's really hard to make your way through the minefield. So we're going to sort of focus on a couple of topics today and the first one is going to, be well firstly welcome back to the show Ian. And, Thanks, um, great to be back. She has also had her husband's done another uh, recent Length of New Zealand adventure oh, really? and I think that's almost another topic for another day because uh, John many years ago they had a Length of New Zealand uh, sort of multi-sport race where they kayaked, biked and ran the length of the country and they didn't go the easy route like we did on uh, on our epic camp but more recently there's been a length of New Zealand mountain bike brevet type thing called tour to Aotearoa and you basically mountain bike the length of New Zealand sometimes on the roads but most of the time um, as much off-road as possible <coughs> and it was done in sort of self-supported so maybe we'll get you back another time to discuss mm. strategies around uh, around fueling yourself how long did it take john
3: well it, it, oh, it took him 25 days so you've mm. got to com- complete it anywhere between 10 and 30 days no wow. less than 10 i don't know how the heck anybody does three thousand k off road on a mountain bike in 10 days but did anyone and then wh- wh- wh-
0: what did the winner do do you know well, um,
3: i don't know but i think there was somebody that was close to t- in fact i heard there was somebody who did it in less than 10 days and had to wait really to go <laughs> over the finish line but those people would bike. have gone day and night they would yeah. not have had Stop much to mm-hmm. see. It,
1: it was. It's not so much of a race. It was more. A Can you do it? can you do it, yeah. and, and you sort of didn't really start altogether, you kind of started when you did, so but that's probably another topic for another day. Now the first topic we're going to discuss is something that most of us don't have any issues uh, with, but there are plenty of, a- well not plenty, but there are athletes out there that are, that are skinny and they struggle to actually hold weight on. Most of us out there are always trying to figure out strategies on how we can actually lose weight and, and get sometimes too skinny, uh, but, but really trying to get our weight down and I'm sure, something. I'm sure it's something like
0: when I was doing Ironman in my peak training I was struggling to keep weight on. Mm-hmm. Like I would get every yeah. skeleton face and you know, and, and I was eating like a mofo. You know, like yeah. it was you know, so I imagine a lot of people who
1: maybe out of training but when they're in that peak moment. So so what what's sort of going on here when when athletes uh, especially like if we if we picture the, the skinny athlete really skinny say tall lanky guys and and girls what's actually going on there that that causes them not to be able to hold the weight when they are eating you know really good amounts
3: well basically it comes down to energy balance energy in and energy out, and their energy intake does not match their energy expenditure but people have um, individual um, Daily energy expenditure. So our energy output is made up of our resting metabolic rate, and then the energy that is needed for exercise. And resting metabolic rate um, depends on genetic factors. So some people do have a high resting metabolic rate genetically, and also the amount of fat-free mass. So generally, people with more m- muscle mass have well, not generally, people with higher muscle mass have higher energy expenditures. So, um, but but I'll, it may also come back. To um, I wonder if it also comes back to um, personality types. so some mm-hmm. people you know are kind of um, perhaps more highly strung stressed and mm-hmm. and might burn up more mental energy than others, mm-hmm. so there 's all those factors um And if you have a high resting metabolic rate and you have a high energy expenditure through exercise, you might not maintain energy balance, especially if you don't have a huge appetite. Mm -hmm. People that train a lot and that train particularly hard sometimes have a suppressed appetite. Mm. Um, So there's, there's um, there's all of those factors that play a role. I also think that... New athletes, beginning athletes, have a higher energy expenditure Mm -hmm. in exercise because they're less efficient Mm -hmm. when they work out. Whereas athletes who've trained for 10 years are, are metabolically more efficient and might expend less energy. You see that in cyclists. A lot of cyclists will say that after... And num- after they have a number of training years under their belt, they they require less food. And th- that's anecdotal, but I think that comes into it.
1: Well, I certainly find, uh, and I may be going off topic slightly here, but when we do, do epic camps and things like that, the, the the amount of nutrition I require as I go through the camp actually decreases because I just seem to get a lot more efficient as we actually go through mm. through the camps, which is exactly. know, just, a, just a side topic. Yeah. So suggestions for these sort of athletes, uh, again, they're, they're skinny and they're are struggling to sort of uh, keep weight on is it simply a case of eating more or how, how should they maybe structure their nutrition in terms of say pre-training and during training um, because a lot of athletes you know they might struggle to have food before training so what's some sort of advice you've got around perhaps when they should be eating and perhaps what they should be eating.
3: Yeah, well, when it comes to uh, training, that's that's one part of the equation. Making sure that you eat around training, and that is quite essential. That you have pre-training food. If you are one of those skinny, skinny people, you can't afford not to eat around your training, before, during, and after. And if it is difficult, if you find it difficult to eat, um, then you get your your energy from fluids. So you drink um, sports drinks, fruit juices, you know, anything like that to just or smoothies um, are good too so so that's one part of the equation but I'd like to take a step back and talk about your your whole daily food intake Mm. and and I think that where a lot of people go wrong is breakfast you know breakfast tends for and it's that's kind of pretty classic in the western world that breakfast tends to be a bit of an afterthought for a lot of people Mm. and if you do all of your training during the day which Athletes do they train Mm. during the day? Then starting on a on a substantial breakfast is really quite important, and that breakfast needs to be a mixed meal. It's got to have carbs, but it's also got to have proteins. Got to have a bit of fat, and especially those people that lose weight easily need to really add a lot of substance to their breakfast. And if you train early in the morning, then you also need to eat before that training, and then have you have you have a big breakfast after training. So I think that's where a lot of people. Um, go wrong that mm. that they don't eat a substantial breakfast. So, but if you're training
0: early in the morning, should you have a pre-snack?
3: Yeah, okay. yeah, and, and we're only talking about skinny people. We're not yeah. talking about people who are trying to lose weight. Lose weight, we're definitely yeah, and and I would say definitely yes, mm. yes, that's really important. And again, if you can't eat, then you drink it, um, and and you can build up a tolerance to eating and drinking. Yeah. You know, it and it we talked a about that last it? time. Yeah. It is a training behaviour. Yeah. It's also sometimes because athletes are disorganized, they don't mm. plan their nutrition and so that becomes essential as well. So so the breakfast is critical and then, you know, obviously lunch in the middle of the day and the other, and and a good dinner. But the other thing is to have something before bed. What you don't want is that you have a, have a have a really long fasting time overnight. So if you have your last last bit of food or drink at eight o'clock and you don't eat until seven o'clock or eight o'clock the next morning, that's twelve hours of fasting. Those people that lose weight can't afford that. Mm. So what really helps is to have a um, a, a bit of slow release protein before bed like which is casein which is milk essentially milk is 80% cow's milk mm. 80% casein so for those people who are happy to have cow's milk you know have a big glass of milk before bed you know nine o'clock or ten o'clock mm. whenever you go to bed and that helps keep your protein synthesis positive overnight so those little things if you do those every day they make quite a big difference mm. so those are some really good strategies and then snacking on high energy foods you know nuts seeds dried fruit peanut butter um you know adding butter or margarine to your potatoes and mm. all those kind of things really yeah, everybody who's overweight right now is very <laughs> jealous listening. of what you're saying <laughs> i know i know but you know yeah we're all different and the skinny ones that's that's what they need um Mm. and and adding fat is a really easy way to increase your your energy so energy dense foods become really important for those people how do you gauge it
0: because they obviously don't want to then put on a lot of weight so so what's the kind of method for gauging that
3: well, when I work with clients, I get them to do a food diary so that I get a bit of an overview of their diet and then I do a meal plan for them. I add a certain number of calories a day to what they present me, keeping in mind that po- most people underreport their food <laughs> intake, not even deliberately, but yeah. when, yeah. you know, the research shows that we underreport our food intake. So um, well, nowadays,
0: with the apps, it's a lot easier, isn't it? It yes, is, but they're still under report. Yeah. <laughs> still, yeah.
3: Well, that's right, you forget all the little things, or you've f- changed your eating behavior yeah. because you've got yeah. to record it. That yeah. is innate in, yeah. in human behavior. So, so it's a, it's a really rough guide doing a food mm. diary, but at least it gives me an idea of a person's eating pattern. And then, if I do a meal plan, they have something to look at and, and to follow, and that often helps people getting into. A better
2: routine
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: for for the athletes that are out there. Again, if we're focusing on the skinny ones, and this may well be applicable, would be applicable for for all athletes. How can you actually work out, you know, how much you do need to be eating in terms of, you know, watches is going to a watch is going to tell you how many calories you supposedly burned, and, and 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 different applications can do that. But if some you know, say skinny or lighter person is actually figuring out how much should I actually be eating? And if they do want to go and measure all this sort of stuff, is there any way, other than going somewhere, to get your metabolic rate assessed or anything like that? Is there any sort of ballpark ideas you can give people?
3: Yeah, you can, in the lab, you can uh, measure, you have have your metabolic rate measured. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, they do that in research studies, Mm. but that would be um, very expensive to do, and it's... um, yeah, it gives you some information, but, um, you know, it, you go through a lot of effort to, to have that done. But there are um, prediction equations that you can use to calculate your resting metabolic rate. And the one that is used for athletes, and you can Google this, is the Cunningham equation. Um, and that that one does require you to know your, um, your fat-free mess. Um, so your muscle mass, and that is derived from your body fat percentage. So you do know with that mm. particular one, you do do need to know your fat-free mass, um, and and then you can use tables to calculate your exercise energy expenditure, or your mm. heart rate monitor you can use. But these, what you've got to remember is these are all estimates. Mm. And basically, if you're skinny, you're losing weight. You're not eating enough. Mm. So you i think you i look at it from a practical perspective you've got to eat more and so where Mm. do you go wrong where do you miss meals where do you need snacks Mm. miss snacks are you not eating enough around training those are the kind of things that I, as a nutritionist would would look at. Well, I think another
0: thing to address is what perspectives work against me. So the person who says I don't eat breakfast, you know, like they have these kind of set ways about how they live their lives, which are ultimately yes. working against them. Yes, yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so those would would be the things, you know. I say that that's what I would pick up in a food diary and a, and a questionnaire. That that's where they would go wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think it's it's good to remember that long fasting period overnight. That. You know, you, you, the shorter you can make that, the better. And I'm not suggesting that you get up to eat in the night; that would be, yeah. you know, bizarre. But yeah. um, you need your sleep as well. Mm. But to have something before bed and to have a substantial breakfast in the morning uh, would help. But also eating enough food during training mm. um, is important as well. And I think a lot of athletes do not consume enough calories during training. And and so don't, you know, and sometimes you can use that as an you use it as an adaptation to training to enhance your fat metabolism for Mm. your fat burning um but if you're one of those skinny people then that's probably not a good idea Mm. and so if you go for long anything over three hours i would also include protein and and some fat in the in not just carbs in Mm. the training right
1: so you just remember, guys, that what we've been mainly prioritising there is talking about skinny people. So different, different, <laughs> different strategies. Yeah. No butter on your spuds tonight. <laughs> yeah, different strategies for for the yeah, rest absolutely. of you guys. Is there anything else you want to mention there about um, for for the skinny athletes, or should we move on to the the relative energy deficiency topic?
3: Um, yes. Um so, yeah, yeah, just the last point is that those people can benefit from the sports products you know the mm. the sort of what I call highly processed um, mm. bars and that we in in terms of healthy nutrition that we try and steer people away from but if you have really extreme energy needs and you can't physically eat enough then those sports bars gels sports drinks are are really beneficial and also the yeah the smoothies are really good Mm -hmm. sometimes people want to uh, resort to a protein supplement Mm -hmm. especially as part of their recovery but then get one if you're subject to drug testing get one that is tested Mm -hmm. for banned substances because supplements can be contaminated With prohibited substances, which is another topic that perhaps we should cover at some stage. Again, if you're
1: listening to this and you're doing an Iron Man, you are in the drug testing pool (laughs) because they're testing age groupers in Kona and they busted people over there. Uh, And if you're.
3: My husband was tested there.
1: Yeah, there you go. So if you're an age group, especially if you're going to Kona. You, don't, you, you do need to be aware of, uh, of what's going on out there. Okay, so relative energy deficiency. A lot of people are going to go, what the hell are you talking about there? So maybe <laughs> give us a bit of a, a brief definition of, of what relative energy deficiency is.
3: Yeah, so, so some people may be more familiar with the term female athlete triad, which is what this used to be called, but it's now recognized that this condition also occurs in males, and that's one of the reasons why... The IOC who wrote, who came up with this name, um, uh, changed the name. So to give you a definition, um, the syndrome of relative energy deficiency in sport refers to um, impaired physiological function, including but not limited to metabolic rate, menstrual function, bone health, immunity, protein synthesis, cardiovascular health caused by relative energy deficiency. And it, as I mentioned already, it occurs in both men and women. So what it means is if you have an um, low energy availability and I'll explain that term in a minute then you can have all these uh, physiological uh, problems that I just mentioned, and that obviously affects your health and performance. So um, basically, energy availability is your energy intake minus the energy cost of exercise, of training. So whatever energy is left over is used for physiological function. Hmm. Now, if that left over in the energy is not enough, then you get impaired physiological function. So oh. what it means is that your body prioris-, prioritises the energy that you consume for training. Hmm. And, and it if it other
0: areas which leads to big problems. Yeah, exactly,
3: okay. exactly. And in females, the red flag is um, menstrual dysfunction. Yep. So either late onset menstruation, which stops. you wouldn't say, see so much in Ironman athletes because they don't, you know, you don't st- do Ironman at a very young age, mm. but the um, menstruation may become uh, irregular, or it it may uh, disappear altogether. And, um, you know, we have to distinguish between other reasons why uh, females might lose their periods, pregnancy, for example, or another other medical condition like polycystic ovaries. But if it's due to low energy availability, then that can cause a whole cascade of um, health effects which are going to eventually um, uh, impair your performance and your health. And in the past, we have mostly focused or scientists have mostly focused on bone health because the relationship between mental dysfunction which is in part caused by low estrogen and estrogen needed to pick calcium into your bones mm. has been known for a long time and so sometimes the first sign is a stress fracture mm. um, but it's, it's also realized now that um, this condition occurs in males, but it's harder to diagnose because the periods are a real red flag and you don't have that in men. But um, reduced testosterone le- levels um, can impact on bone health and also on other uh, physiological function. And, uh, and And it is known from research that men have... Male athletes have low energy availability as well. But mm.
0: well, you know, like because most, most people listen to this, and, and I imagine there are some people listening to this who are probably in the state. Um, they're probably not going to get your testosterone test done. So, like, how are there some indicators that a man can identify that can go? Well, maybe I am on this path a little bit.
1: Bevan's jumping the gun. You see, I've got my structure here. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you're jumping the you're jumping the no, gun. No, that's all right. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I had another one is. In terms of um, females not having their periods and stuff, that, am I right in saying for you know for endurance athletes and triathletes that's a fairly common problem? Am I right, or is that a, a
3: bit? Of yes, it is, it, it, and, and it is especially an issue in um, in sports where low body weight is important for performance or for aesthetic reasons. So mm. definitely triathlon. Uh, distance running, cycling, and then the aesthetic sports like dance and ballet. There's a high prevalence of um, menstrual dysfunction, Mm. and it's not a good thing. Mm.
1: And this is uh, often, or is it always an indicator that relative energy deficiency might be going on, or is it... it
3: well, if it's not an other medical reason mm. or pregnancy, then it is likely that it's low energy availability. Mm. Yes, so that there's not enough energy left over. There's enough energy to train. There's not enough energy left over yeah. for normal metabolism, normal hormonal um, um, sort of production and so forth. And this isn't just
0: a problem for the athlete. This is a long-term health problem, isn't it?
3: Well, yeah. We're building our bones until we're in our early 20s. So if you, during that time, are amenorrheic, don't don't have your periods, or in a male, sort of other symptoms, then um, you compromise your bone health long-term, and you have a risk of... um, uh, osteoporosis but it also affects your um low energy availability can affect your cholesterol levels mm. and can contribute heart to and you know, heart yeah. disease yeah. um gi function gut function is sometimes a means of picking up that is low energy availability you know gluten intolerance or irritable bowel those sorts of things they are you know it um um it affects your gut function as well, and a whole, and immune system uh, as well, so inju- uh, frequent illness injuries um, so there 's a whole raft of things, but they you know those symptoms can be caused by other issues yeah, as well, yeah. so it 's not mm. that easy you can 't just go to, to a female
1: you 've got an injury you must have uh, Yeah, exa- <laughs> no yeah
3: that 's exactly it's, it's, you know it, uh, we have to be to careful it. that we yeah don't over into like Dr Google isn't it? Yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. Um, so is this a case again um, a bit like we were talking with the skinny athletes earlier on is it a case of simply athletes not eating enough or not eating the right things or or what's the the cause of of people going down the path?
3: Yeah so there's a variety of causes and one of them is disordered eating there is an uh you know, uh, when somebody suffers from an eating disorder or some kind of disordered eating problem, then it's very likely that their energy availability is low. So that's one thing that that you want to look out for. But it can also be that people inadvertently don't eat enough. You know, we already talked about the skinny athlete, but Mm. it may be that somebody is disorganized with their food, their appetite is suppressed, or um, there's also a condition um, called orthorexia, which means that people are eating an extremely he- healthy diet. They're, they're uh, preoccupied and obsessed with healthy food, mm-hmm. um, lots of high fiber, whole grains, vegetables, and so forth. And and because those foods are very very volu- voluminous. Um, their energy intake may not be enough, but that's again orthorexia as a form of disordered eating. Mm. So, it, but You're some You're pulling out some
1: great <laughs> words
0: today. It's <laughs> no, that, that, got a, a new condition, isn't it? Because it's got more of a modern problem, isn't it? It is more. Yeah. It is
3: definitely a modern problem. Yeah. Yes, I think it's kind it's, of the Instagram
0: world problem, isn't it? <laughs>
3: uh, oh, definitely yeah. part of that. Yes, yeah, yeah. social media yeah. issue. Yeah, it's it's probably it's it's been talked about for the last ten years, but it's definitely a modern um, mm. issue. Yeah, but so. I, Disorder, eating disorders, full stop. But orthorexia is the sort of more recent one,
1: yeah. Mm. So this, this is this, the challenge. Always is, and, and, and I guess a lot. Of, I, I'm picking a lot of these issues will be related to the the top end athletes, so the high performance athletes, or the ones that are really trying to take things to the to the extreme. Yes. Um, but there's always this problem. Like, for, I'd say the bulk of the athletes listening to this are often going to be trying to lose weight for, to get ready for races and they're yep. going to be listening to this going oh god I don't want to go down this, this sort of path so um, what's your sort of advice for uh, this sort of fits into this uh, for the for the athletes that, that are looking to lose weight and maybe they're coming off an off season and they're a bit porky and, and I'm going to put myself into that bandwagon <laughs> there at the moment as well and they are try, they want to try to do it lose their weight in a fairly safe in efficient manner, but have enough energy for training, but possibly be a little bit deficient to try to start losing some weight. So what's some general advice around weight loss to get yourself into shape for season?
3: Yeah, I think um, training should do the bulk of the weight loss. You know, just picking up your training will gradually enable you to lose weight again. And the gradual is the um, important word here. So I think it's really important to take time to get your weight down and to only have small energy deficiencies so going on a crash diet while you're training you know is not wise because that will lead to low energy availability so it's it's making if you want to make changes to your diet then it's making small changes and it is to preserve that eating around training is quite important um you start cutting out the things that you don't need Mm. but you keep in your diet what you do need you still have irregular meals you still don't have a huge long fasting period overnight not you know not extreme so so you don't miss meals but you just are a little bit more careful but if you preserve your eating around training it means that you can you know you can put 100% effort into that training session and that mm. will help you lose weight so i think often athletes make the mistake that they cut down too much and they they compromise their ability to train and therefore they compromise their ability to lose weight.
1: Mm. Um, to back, back to the relative, uh, things keep coming back to me, the relative energy deficiency side of things. Um, is it very obvious that you're potentially in that state, or is there often a lot of denial, like you might have, be not eating enough, but you're comfortable with that because you, you think I want to be as lean as possible? Possible. So what are, what is, other than say, in your experience do people know that they're in this sort of state or is there sort of denial going on and other than say the females losing their period are there any other telltale signs that perhaps listeners need to be aware of um, that they might be in this sort of uh, state of relative energy deficiency?
3: Yeah so to answer your first question um, people can either be uh, unaware of mm. the fact that they're not eating enough, that's that's totally possible. That it's that it's inadvertent, or in the in the case of um, an eating disorder, there is often you know a level of, of denial. Um, so, you know, it, it it can be it can be both. Mm. Um, so so you know e- either and then the second part of your question what are the signs and and um yeah an eating disorder is 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 a sign weight loss um unintentional weight loss um in younger people younger athletes lack of normal growth and development we've already talked about menstrual dysfunction recurrent injuries and illness if people just come down with colds all the time mm. um, that may be a sign but some people are You know, I have that problem anyway, even when they eat really, really well. I see clients in that category that always get sick. Some really get a lot better when they eat well. Some don't. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, Nutrient deficiencies and iron deficiency may be a sign. But, of course, some people are prone to iron deficiency even when they eat really well. Chronic fatigue Mm -hmm. um, is another one. Poor bone development, stress fractures. Mood changes, um, gut issues, and, um, yeah, a reduction in performance. Mm. If someone says this right now,
0: and they're going, oh, you know, again, again, it's always, again, it could cover many areas. Yeah. What would be the advice that you would say around taking action?
3: Well, I think um, the first thing is have try and have an honest and objective look at your food intake. And compare that to something that you find at a reliable source on the Internet, you know, for what Man what an Ironman diet, training diet should look like and, and see if, you know, if your diet is compatible with That's this nice. or seek um, seek professional advice if you think that you might suffer from low energy availability, go and see a sports dietitian, a sports nutritionist and have your diet assessed or put it through a program like Fitness Spell and see what your um, energy intake is. So to be in in relative energy balance, um, you need 45 calories um, per per kg fat-free mass per day. So for say sixty five kg um female athlete if they would have about actually I did do an um a hypothetical um example here
1: um, we love it when people come with notes yeah. and things like they're hell of a well lot prepared. more organized than we are it's very impressive well it
3: helps me focus my <laughs> <laughs> thinking <laughs> I need that uh, so yeah if you have an example of sixty five k female Athlete I' am an athlete with fifteen percent body fat, then they have a fat free mess of fifty five kgs fifteen percent of um, sixty five um, I think is around ten kg so fifty five kg fat free mess to be an energy balance, you will need two thousand four hundred and seventy five calories a day plus what that day 's training yeah. burns up yeah. so you know anything when you train hard, you need over three thousand calories a day. And in some peak training times for the guys, you probably need something like 5,000 calories a day. Mm. So that, that's kind of a little bit of an indication. And so if you put your thing through Fitness Pal and be honest about your recording, because only you are going to mm. look at it, then you you get a bit of an idea. Um, anything below 30 kgs fat-free mass, uh, you have relative energy de- deficiency. That's So 30 for this person would be 1650 calories a day Mm. plus energy expenditure from training Mm -hmm. so that's sort of but that's a theoretical calculation yeah
1: it, it's guys. If using something like Ian said, like MyFitnessPal or any of the apps and stuff, it, it is actually an interesting exercise just yep. to put all your food in there. And as you said, you've got to be hundred. Don't change anything. You've got to be hundred percent honest. What use your scales. So you, yeah, and uh, and just even just doing it for you know three or four days. If you do it for a week, that's better because then you encompass a, a weekend but try not to change anything, and it's actually, with these apps and stuff, it's really quite quick and easy to do, if you're eating any processed foods, or eating any packaged foods I should say, you can usually scan the barcode and stuff, and it just, boom, and you just need to put in how many almonds you had, or whatever, it is um, it is relatively quick and easy.
3: Yeah, and it is an interesting um, exercise, because most of us don't do that, we, you know, eating is a routine mm, yeah. part of our behaviour, we're on automatic pilot, don't give it a lot of thought, and to go through that exercise and see what you actually eat, keeping in mind that, you know, fit, fitness pill and any food composition tables are, um, you know, yeah, a, roughly a guide. are yeah. a guide. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, It's, it's a quite an ex- interesting exercise to mm. do, especially if you, you have some questions around whether you're eating adequately. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: Oh, it's been very interesting. And is, is there anything else that you've got there on um, on this topic you sort of wanted to to, to get across? I think, a, like, we just hear so many nutrition things come out, but it, it usually comes back to a, a nice, well-balanced diet. But but any, anything <laughs> else that you, you want to sort of get across?
3: Well, I think if you suffer from relative energy deficiency, then you really need to go and, and see a sports doctor and, and, and uh, perhaps a nutritionist, and you've got to work on that because it does have... you know um, it does have major implications for your health and performance it's short term and long term and it's not a good thing generally um, because it's so difficult to estimate energy needs and energy intake as a ballpark, we suggest to people that they add about three in, in between 300 to 600 calories to their daily diet if they have low energy availability. And that's a good ballpark to work on to try and get on top of it. Resumption of menstrual function, um, it, it, the time frame is variable. It depends a bit on how long a woman hasn't had periods for. Um, so it can take up to six months in some cases. Uh, there's also a suggestion that perhaps you don't need 12 periods a year to to be functioning, functioning healthily. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the other thing. It may be that in your peak training times it it's difficult to maintain that regular menstruation, but at least outside your major uh, training times you can. Mm. So, yep.
1: Oh, it's been very yeah. interesting. Uh, and as always, we thank you for your time, and we like seeing you out there keeping active yourself on Rapaaki sure. Track on, on the Mondays when I sometimes yep. see you out there. Um, and yeah, we we'll look forward to having you back. And. If you guys have got any topics or anything like that that uh, you want us to discuss maybe with Ian in the future, let us know. But if you are... you are sure, ser-
0: sure the weight loss one will come up.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly if you're in um, in Christchurch, you're working out of SportsMed. Yep, um, that's right. And any, if people are overseas or anything like that?
3: Um, Skype. I do Skype consults. Yep.
1: And yep. As, uh, I remember looking at your website last time and it was looking very fancy. Uh, so mm. what's, what's your website address?
3: com. There
1: you go. So it's I-E-N-Hallemans.com. Yeah, we have a link up on uh, the show notes notes this week so thanks as always for your time and um, we'll look forward to seeing you soon
3: good to be here thanks guys thank
1: you jumbo your thoughts Oh, we could, if we, only we could include all the stuff we do off-air. We're having a great discussion with Ian afterwards about you know where, where nutrition's going and stuff, and uh, we'll definitely get her back on because she's been in the game for a long time, which is fantastic, and she's seen, seen things come and go, and, uh, and she's you know, nice and progressive in terms of she's not sort of stuck in her ways. That's very current. But it's, um, yeah, it's always good to discuss. Well, we'll like get her back
0: on and talk, and there'll be one of those ones where we end up having a lot of emails
1: but afterwards. Man, <laughs> seriously, if... Um, yeah, especially if it's you're actually an interesting problem, isn't it? Yeah, if, if you if you if you're not getting your period and things like that, like a you're, you're probably not well, you're not going to be performing. So it's a performance issue for now, but it's also a long term issue as well. So if you've you know, hopefully you skinny people have learnt a little bit from that, and you guys that are you know potentially in that danger zone, um, hopefully and, you can do something. about And that's it. one
0: of my problems. Well, not one of my problems. One of my concerns is we get told that we are healthy. You know mm. the world looks at us and thinks well you know I man you must be healthy and there's some very unhealthy aspects of our mm. sport and this is one and if you are now obviously for females it's pretty clearly how you can identify this or it's at least it's easier but even for many of our male listeners you may be in that place and we can argue performance wise it's much wiser to make sure you're getting the right energy in like mm-hmm. that's a no-brainer but long-term health-wise if you do the sport for 15 20 years and you're living in this place constantly what is that for your long-term health? And, and we don't want this. We want you to be a healthy person. So her advice is maybe do some of that testing or go see someone who's a high-level professional and, and you know, get that checked out. John, let's do my first try. This is from Simon Muffet. He's got, it wasn't his first try. It wasn't his first try, but his girlfriend's first try. When I when we met, I had done two years of triathlon and my girlfriend was into sport but swore that she couldn't ride a bike. A year and a half later, I gave her a year's membership to the local triathlon club. He didn't, he didn't mention the club, she give him some love, uh, and she was out buying a bike and looking forward to riding it around. She had a local pool-based sprint tri done as her first race. It was one where the club had a fairly good turnout, and I was doing it as well. She bought an entry and started doing some training. Not long after this, we found out that she was pregnant. Oh, mm. back it up! Um, becoming uh, running became rather problem- problematic as certain parts became more sensitive. Must be hard, eh? Mm. Exercising, I had a girl in my class last night who was must have been like seven, or eight months into it, yeah, and doing body attack, cool. and it's a high impact jump and yeah, so sort of respect. Uh, she kept up with the swimming and biking and hoped that she would get better, as she had already paid for the event and still wanted to do something. She figured that she would do the swim, bike, and uh, bike the bike, and then go over to one of the technical officials in transition and tell them that she was pulling out. On the day, the swim went fine <clears throat> and I watched her come out of the water and go up to the long run into the transition before to getting ready for my own wave. As this was her first multi-sport event of any kind, we had talked through what to do in transition, which she promptly forgot to put on her helmet and got on <laughs> and nearly very, jumped straight onto her bike in the middle of transition, hastily getting off her bike, walking back to the mountain line as her bike passed without any footprint problems. I... Expected to see her around transition cheering me on as I got back on the bike ride, but I was so in the racing zone that it didn't really occur to me I hadn't seen her amongst the supporters. The next thing I saw her was actually in the finishing area. It turned out that when she got back from the bike, she was so hyped and so excited about the race that she just headed out on the run. About 1k into 7k she realised that this was not really a good idea at all. But she was out there so she finished the race by walking, running it all the rest of the way. After she compl- uh, kept swimming and rode her bike right through to the pregnancy and just last week she completed her second try at the local sprint try while me had our four, well I had our four month year old son cheering her on.
1: Nice work. Did he say her name? <laughs> he didn't give a name.
2: Simon, have ever got a name here?
1: You didn't give her the name. Simon Moffat's uh, girlfriend. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Hey, let's give him some credit here, but
0: Yes. Because, look, Simon, actually, we know her name is Lovey Dovey. Yeah. Yep. That's what you call her, Lovey Dovey. Simon, you get the brownie points. We're not going to diminish because you took the time. Wrote the... Awesome. I can't imagine running 7Ks pregnant. Couldn't think of
2: anything
0: worse. Yeah. We should do a little test
1: with you, you know. Go strap a, you know, a big... Thing on your belly can't be good for your back. It's got to be tough. Oh,
0: so, mystery woman, <laughs> you are a, my, first my first tryer. My first tryer. Here we go, John.
1: Are we doing a wing, Are we doing winger of the week? Well, I'm, that's what I'm just sitting here busily trying to do because I'm trying to suss out. Uh, we, we are on Strava, and we will we'll give a quick Wanger of the week. Um, so, last week, Mark Styles took out winger of the week great with great name, 33 hours and three minutes of training, and I'm. I was just trying to figure out what he... Where, hold on. Take a pause, Bevan. I I'll take a pause. Out. We had the pause. We had the pause. Did you, I, I did may you have renege? To re- I may have to retract that uh, Mark Styles from uh, being uh, on our leaderboard. It claims he did a 33 hours of training, but 16 hours and 30 was claimed to be a warm-down run. So, Mark, awesome effort if you did do 33 hours of training. If you didn't and you recorded something by mistake... Bad luck. Sarah Myford however from the WCCC was in second place and I did have a quick look at her stuff and it looked legit, she did 31 hours and 26 minutes so... We often don't get females getting up in the top uh, echelons of our to- on our leaderboard. And she was second overall behind Mark and checked out hers. And it looked legit because she looked like she rode from the UK and went down and did a whole bunch of biking all around the northern part of France. So wow. Sarah Myford, nice work. You are our wanger, wanger of the, of the week. week.
0: Okay, John. One, two, three questions and answers. We'll do that and we we'll do your wrap-up. Um, just saying, Peter Colson sent through saying it's 12 years. Later. Last I week, I was, think. Yeah, 12 years. Twelve 12-year-old.
1: We are. Sometimes we like it. Let's be honest. Good old Ellie. How do I say like, Ames? Eli. Eli. Ames. Eli, Eli Ames? Okay. Well, Ellie, or, Ellie or Eli? Yeah, I'm Ellie. Gonna, I'm going to say Ellie. Ellie Ames. Ellie Ames.
0: Ellie Ames. Ellie Ames. Someone's listening and goes, what's, what's Ellie Ames doing emailing us right now? Mm-hmm. Well, Ellie Ames, it's her dad's birthday on the, April the 19th. What's the date today? It's the 17th. It's the
1: 17th New Zealand, yeah. 16th
0: elsewhere. It's my dad's birthday. He listens to your podcast all the time in the car, and we find you guys really entertaining. Well, thank you very much, Ellie. We, we love that. My dad is called John Ames. Ames uh, And he is Actually The best He's amazing at Ironman He's done Man wrote Frankfurt And Wales And has also done Loads of, I thought he said Loads ass But loads Of half Ironman Like Outlaw uh, Morocco uh, Henley And this year He'll be doing Ironman Austria He's a super awesome And does sub 10 like beasts. Uh, I am so proud of my dad, and I aspire to be like him when I am older. Please, 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 can you give him a happy birthday and a good luck for the Iron Man Austria from you guys and his daughter, Ali, his wife, is that Arwen? Right? Arwen, on episode. Well, on this episode, uh, of your podcast, it would mean the world, and I think it would be the ultimate present from the ultimate daughter, Ali J-
1: Ames, 14. Hey, my kids do stuff like this for me when I've I'm never older. never an
2: email from your kid. <laughs> <laughs> never. Thomas. <laughs> Thomas
1: will email you. My dad's the
2: best.
0: because <laughs> dad, that's <Dad's> annoying me. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff, eh? Yeah. I, I love that. eh? because at 14 girls... Can often want to go, I don't want to listen to dad. Yeah. You know, or you get that kind of, how's your day? Oh, good. Good. You know, the one syllable life that they lead. But Ali, she loves her dad, and her dad's a rock star. Got a Ron. So, good work. Nice work. Or John, I should say, John. So, uh, no, there's no ending to that, but happy birthday. Happy
2: birthday
1: to An email you. through from uh, the Challenge family. Oh, and they're, nice. they're looking for, they're doing a worldwide social media campaign to search for inspirational athletes who aspire to compete at their championship, which is coming up, I think it's in in June. So if you use the hashtag, hashtag slash challenge yourself or, and hashtag join the family and they just, you know, they're basically trying to do those inspirational stories like they do with, uh, with Man and things like that so if you're keen if you're going over to or want to go to the the championship get in touch with those hashtags okay we're going to have an email here what's something about Jumbo. you've put this in the show notes oh john Whitaker. <laughs> so he said he picked up on a recent podcast we were mentioning he did his, his first try when he went and did the new year's triathlon in edinburgh and uh made a of it. oh he that's was, right he was yeah i thought he yeah. was coming last Race director. Yeah, and he wanted to say it's been going for the last twenty six years. We've had a couple of years when the pool was being worked on and we couldn't have the race, but we are nearly on our twenty fifth running. Over the years, we've had a huge number of people bust, uh, burst their triathlon cherry, including David McNamee, He was was he? He was third at Kona last year. Um, we've hosted numerous world champions and Olympic athletes at our triathlon and our or our kids' tri- tri- uh, duathlon. Lindsay Patterson, who is an ex Terra superstar rates is her favorite event. Doing I cannot understand how a favourite event could be in the middle of winter in Scotland doing a indoor triathlon whether you end up biking and running outdoor. Uh, favourite triathlon races and have had half of the field of first timers nearly 50-50 split on the male and female. Perhaps you could get it on your diary for the next one. Entries will be open soon. Sorry, I'm not going to travel to Edinburgh to do a uh, triathlon in the middle of our summer in the middle of your winter, but good luck. And if guys, if you're up in the northern part of England uh, or, or Scotland, then uh, go and check out the Edinburgh Triathlon in the middle of winter. Okay, Jonbo. Uh, we'll do patrons and then we'll do your wrap-up. Yes, so I- a couple of patrons. Uh, Daniel, the Feet of Flames Flannery. We've got
0: Pete, the Potter Welsh.
1: And Michael, Full Force Cloak.
0: And for he actually didn't, he had a comment, not oh. he? Because he mentioned it, didn't
1: he? Uh, Daniel Stewart is a new patron, John. He's got a I, I, list- I, I think I've got to, I've got to mention this because I, I. Okay, go. Uh, so he, he sent us just an email. Said, and I don't know if he meant for us to read this out, but we'll read some of it out anyway. So, a new patron, Daniel Stewart, listens to the show, started listening around 500s, and when you hit, hit 600, I thought I'd better get my act together. That, and when you recently said that only 3% of your listeners are patrons, I thought that was pretty sad. <laughs> so, so, time for me to pitch in a bit for the great information. Information and entertainment you provide. Is there a way to go up patron level in the future? Yes, there is. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I was a swimmer as a kid in a college, and switched to recreational running to stay fit. Sort of carried on that path. Did some marathons. Got stuck into that. Then got into a little bit of triathlon. I did. This is where I was getting to. I did my first triathlon in 2013. The Marshmallow Man. The Marshmallow what Man. What a great name for a triathlon. I hope you get a bag of marshmallows or something like that. And it's end. obviously a piss take on the Iron Man. Oh that's a great name. It's a way to diversify from running and he developed uh, after he developed some plantar fasciitis uh, and it wasn't until 2015 he started training and racing triathlons more seriously and then he built his way up to Ironman. So we've got to think of a name for Daniel Stewart. Well d- John, have you got an idea? Well I, I, I kind of think someone along the lines of Marshmallow Man was kind of cool but I'm happy to hear your ideas well. When well when I
0: thought Stewart I thought Dave Stewart from Eurythmics. Right, and then I thought missionary man. And I thought, oh, do you really want to be called missionary man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then I looked up Eurythmics' greatest hits, and there's one called "You've Placed a Chill in My Heart," and I kind of like that. Okay, because because G- that could be to like the loved ones, or it could be competitors. Oh man, he's scary. You've placed you have placed a chill in my heart, Dave Stewart. Okay. Oh, not sure, Dave Stewart. Daniel Stewart. But you can go with missionary
1: man if you want. <laughs> was it you placed a chill in my heart? In my heart, There's a l- interesting That may maybe the nickname. longest one, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But he's so
1: inspirational when he goes past but people, yeah. they're like, Oh
0: my god, look at him!
1: Yeah, I love that name Marshmallow Man, Yep yeah. Maybe you can. you know. Well, think think I'm, I'm going to go t- contact uh, like meadow mushrooms or something like that, and mushroom man or something like that. And everybody gets some mushrooms at the that's finish right. of the race. Pebble man, get the pebbles. Yeah. M M&M and man.
0: Yeah, it's marketing gone wrong, John. Goldman um, Sachs man. You get, like, <laughs> a, get a bar of gold or something <laughs> at the end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that'd be nice. Get a get a big bank account. Yeah. Uh, Jonbo
1: sponsors. Extreme Endurance
0: Your Lactic Buffer And our patrons and Just name them there Just go dub 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 I am talk to it, me And they can You can become
1: patron on the show Did you change the page? I'm trying to I'm just writing in that nickname But I'll uh, No no
0: on Because on, he asked me to do some updates And then I went to the update page On the I'll patrons I'll tell you about that afterwards Okay good Because he asked me to do some work And I did leave it a little bit late And then I noticed yeah. it was kind of done So But I was intending to do it Yeah so just so you know sure you were. I, did, I knew that you see I was, yeah. you guys heard it see, that? see that's the tone he gives me <laughs> it. When, he, when we turn at stop record that's the
1: tone I get the whole time
0: team. <laughs> it's poor me John give me your goss and I'm sure you got a bit about the Commonwealth
1: Games yeah Commonwealth Games was great so we went to the, the three triathlons as I mentioned earlier went to a night at the athletics got to see was Tom, it cool? Tom Walsh yeah it was good I would say the f- Linda didn't believe me. I said the food's going to be a bit of a letdown. She thinks she said, "Oh, it's going to be like the concerts. There'll be food carts everywhere." And I was like, nah, "I think it'll be more like a rugby game." And it was hot chips. And but that was okay. Was for hot chips? Yeah, not quite. It was like eight bucks or nine bucks. So it was like, but did you get enough?
0: Like nothing worse than paying a lot. Like because I drink Coke Zero when I go out for dinner, mm. and you're paying five bucks, six bucks for a glass of Coke. And mm. let's be honest, it's daylight like robbery. <laughs> yeah. And then they give you a glass like this size. Yeah, I'm not happy. Like if you're going to charge me six bucks, at least give me a decent amount of Coke Zero. Like yeah. you got a Lone Star, they'll charge you six bucks, but you get a pint almost, and so I'm willing to pay that. You're yeah, happy with that? So do you get enough chips?
1: It was a, it was it was okay amount. They were very salty. I quite liked oh, them. Okay. So yes. athletics was great. Uh, we got to see um, got to see the 10,000 meters women's race as well. Was it and close? Was a, um, you know what? I can't actually quite remember. It <laughs> was a race, a though. Well, this is the thing? I didn't know any of the runners, but I would say there was a triathlete in there. I was watching the triathlon. There was oh, this girl had, um, Potter. There was a Google Potter, surname Potter in the triathlon. She was spanking it on the run. I was thinking, "Geez, you're a pretty impressive runner." And then there she was out there running the ten thousand. I think she went. I think she went about thirty-three, or just just over thirty-three. And there was this one poor girl. She was from. Um, I'm not sure where she where she was from, but she got lapped about three times, um, but still ran. Thirty-six or something like that. So yeah. it's not like she was a forty-five-minute, ten-k run or anything.
0: But It is a good thing about Commonwealth Games because they do have mm. um, a mix of all abilities. Mm. You know, you, you know.
1: And we watched a, a, the javelin. There was a, um, a para um, javelin competition, and this Kiwi chick checked a world record on the first run, and she was miles in front. And we're thinking, sweet, we're going to get two gold medals tonight. And then this bloody Welsh chick came out and just out of nowhere just pulled this w- another world record out of the bag. So athletics was great, and then we got to go and see a, game of, a couple of games of hockey, watch New Zealand play Scotland in hockey, and we took them down. Uh, and then just at the theme parks a lot, which was fantastic. We'll say. Also went and did a my first ever park run, Bevan. Oh, nice. Uh, so there was a park run out in Main Beach, and as it so happened, it was their seventh anniversary, and they were the oh. first park run in Australia. Wow. And awesome. And I, I, I haven't actually seen how many, but I think it was about 500 people running. Wow. So that was pretty impressive. So Thomas yep. did that as well, his first ever <coughs> 5K run. Uh, and it was a really nice course. So if you ever go to um, Gold Coast and you want to do a nice park run, this was a massive one. They don't normally get that many, but I think they normally get good numbers. But a really nice park run. You ran down from um, Broad sort of main beach and it was just a nice trail run. Really, really cool. Uh, it was all cool except for my performance, which was... Um, what did you do? Close at 15? Yeah, that 16-minute barrier ain't getting, ain't getting nudged any time soon. What did you do? Uh, 1803, I think. Oh, wow. And did you give it a good clip? I went pretty I went hard, not maximum, but it was trail run. And yep. so, uh, you know, but it wouldn't have been that much faster if I'd been running on the road. It, right was, uh, it was You're coming uh, back. You're <laughs> <coming>. <laughs> a shock to the system, I can tell you that. Went to the beach. Beach was good times. This good thing about there was um, always hot. Stayed at the sort of um, holiday park, so the kids could just go nuts. So and the theme parks were awesome. If you go to Dreamworld over there, we were so fortunate. There was nobody there, like nobody. So you didn't have to queue for anything. So we did all the rides. And that uh, some full-on rides. <laughs> and I was saying to Bevan, one of the challenges was because there were no queues, you didn't really get to look at the ride before you got on. The second ride we did it we did a reasonably gentle first ride, but the second ride Was this at the water park? No, this was at the, this isn't the Dream Ouija. World. No, this isn't the Wedgie. this is at Dream World. Talking about the Ouija second Ouija. ride was um, one called Pandemonium and it's got a half version and a full version. And so we didn't even see see it before we just turned up. You obviously see the ride in front of you, but we hadn't seen an action. So, wait, give us a description of the ride. Uh, you kind of you were sitting in a chair, and it basically had arms going out from it. So it's not a roller coaster ride, and it goes up and down and spins you around and okay. all that sort of stuff. And so the half version of full version. We were in the, the full version was just going straight on, so we thought, "Sweet, we'll just go straight on there." <laughs> you shit yourself. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it just spun you so many times and upside down, and you. Think thinking okay it's all over and then it just kept going and it went even worse and Belinda and I got off and we were ill for God I didn't do another ride for at least an hour Oh, it was horrendous. <laughs> Did the kids go on that one? Your kids loved everything. The, the, the kids they they were Im- immune to that stuff. And there's a developmental thing, Blynn, I think, was saying in your ears that, that, that when you're younger, you don't get that head spin and really sick feeling like adults <laughs> do. I was wiped out. But God, there was some pretty full on rides there. It was great. And the water park was awesome. So I highly recommend Dreamworld. World. Be a totally different experience when there's big crowds. so. John, you, you should have done the marathon. Why? Because if you'd done the marathon, you probably would have got 15th. Really? Maybe. What did Tyler Butterfield run? Have a, Have a guess. Have a guess. I think he was low two twenties. Two twenty six. Two twenty six. It's pretty warm over there. Those guys are pretty. Well, wild. it wasn't fast marathon.
0: The one that only did one two sixteen. Mm. So, did you watch the marathon?
1: I watched. The females, a good chunk of the females marathon. I was doing a wind trainer session. Saw the para females finish. I saw a good chunk of the females stuff. Would have seen them just before the finish, so you kind of could yep. see the result and watch the start of the men's until uh, probably maybe ten k's in, and then saw the uh, the aftermath afterwards. Oh
0: my god! Because uh, Sunday, what happened was Joe and I were going to go have a nice day, kind of just go exploring or something. And it was a bit of a crappy day, so I got home from the gym. And the women's marathon had just finished And the men's was kind of happening So I kind of had lunch and that And then by the time I had lunch and did my meditation and stuff I turned it back on And it was pretty close to the finish And the guy was two minutes from the end Two and minutes in front? Yeah, two minutes from the it was only 2k from the finish Yeah And the thing, the cruel thing about it was There was an aid station like 100 metres up the road so Now, the, I don't know if he still would have got through But yeah, so what happened was basically He's winning by about two minutes 2k from the end, he's got it Scottish guy and just hit the wall, man, like you wouldn't believe. Oh, it was not good. Hit so, the Aussies wall. and Kiwis
1: and stuff, you will have seen all the footage, but for people out the rest of the world, this guy, as Bevan said, was way in front. And It's he worth got, going on the internet and looking at. Uh, he, he got the full on wobbles and then he was all over the show. But the big controversy was there was nobody around to assist him, which some side of it, you, know, you can't because as soon as you touch him, he's disqualified. And he was still trying to get up. Like, yeah. admittedly, but he was, was no ca- he was completely ko and it did take them too long for somebody to get to him. He was gone. But so. I had the best afternoon of sport. Like, I, I don't really sit and watch sport nowadays. Like, I, I really don't. Like, i watch
0: a rugby game, mm. but I can't remember. The, and maybe maybe cricket i watch for a few hours, but it's pretty weird I'll just sit and watch sport. So I came home, the marathon. Oh, my God. It was just drama like you wouldn't believe. It was like, how often do you actually see that? Yeah. Like, you might go on YouTube and see old versions of it, but you never see that live. So it was just drama to the max. Then after that, I think I watched the squash final and the Kiwis won the squash final, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And then the, the netball final with the Australians and the Palms. Mm-hmm. Oh, Go my, you Palms! because oh you know, I really wanted the Palms to win. Like normally, probably when it, I'd probably well, back big Australia analogs. Yeah, and yeah. Australia just dominate netball. And everyone was saying, "Oh, the Palms making the final was their gold medal." Mm-hmm. Man, they were impressive, and they won it. Like the the bell went, they get a penalty, and then they they won it, and it was just awesome and then after that we had i think it was something else Seven, happened. Sevens and then the sevens
1: it? and the sevens was awesome as well saturday afternoon at one stage i had four screens going <laughs> really? yeah. we had the tv <laughs> We had two laptops and I was doing the odd check on something <laughs> else on my phone because the Warriors were playing. Yeah, they, they lost. The Warriors lost. Bugger it. <laughs> and then we had two other screens going at once and then I had my phone as well. Uh, it was great. Commonwealth are games, games. are dying. I don't know. That. I loved it. Kiwis. It was world to coverage in New Zealand. It was fantastic. And New Zealand's the best nation.
0: Per capita? If you go per capita, we, Australia got Australia dominated. I would have thought Cyprus might have taken us down. No, but I reckon you go per capita... Of a decent pool, <laughs> <level. laughs> yeah.
1: just changed the rules To so, <laughs> make it work for us So yeah, Because we Cyprus pre-capta. might have got one medal no, like. they got lots of goals Oh did they? Yeah Okay wait. No. Let's, okay, let's have a look uh, I think Cyprus table, will okay, Commonwealth
0: come Games Medal table You look up Okay you. Uh, you overall
1: Australia just crushed everything Like There's too many bloody medals In the pool to start with Same with the Olympics oh, though, We sucked it So we only got one Other than Sophie Pee Yeah But the Aussies just dominate. They dominate so many sports They did extremely well They put on a fantastic Oh I found a games. per capita one here John <laughs> Okay <laughs> <laughs> <Poor cap. laughs> cap I, don't know, I don't know how m- the population of Cyprus is because uh, they got a lot of gold medals. They did extremely well. Wait a second. Well. Oh, they got eight. Okay, yeah. let's have a I look. At we're this. struggling here, Bevan. Okay, what do you reckon their population is? John, have well, a guess. I've got no idea, but I'm going to say four million. Well, then, you know, then
0: we did better because we've got four and a half.
1: Fair enough. I'd say, I would yeah. say less than that then.
0: Population. Two million. Okay, that's your prediction?
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: they population have scientists. a population of 1.5. Oh, they 1. smoked
1: us. Yeah, they do smoke us. But no, I there's a, there was a great program in New Zealand I watched a little bit of called The Moment. It this on is one the one moment. De- moment we are off. together. And apparently, every night they were doing a, a medals table so we'd be on top. So it was like, <laughs> whatever it was. Per capita of the world, <laughs> percentage of, uh, <laughs> of people with one leg or, yep. or something like that. And every night we came out on top. Did you say
0: England underperformed? And golds because so overall Australia dominated. They have got nearly 200 medals, 80 golds. Now if we go purple copper capita, we kind of pretty much got the same, maybe a little bit more than them. Yeah. Um, but Australia dominated. England got 136
1: medals. They have got a bigger population than Australia. England saved the Commonwealth Games. Good on you, palms. did saved it? A few years ago, I'm, I'm thinking maybe back around I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. England were rubbish at sport. And since then, they have just come on, and and I don't have the numbers to back this. This is just anecdotal, what I think. Yep. They have come on, and they're competitive not only Olympics, uh, Commonwealth Games, but Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics are Great Britain. that doesn't matter. Yes, but compared to where they were, and somebody come back with some stats here. You poms, tell me if I'm wrong here or not. But I think since the late '90s to where they are now, England and Great Britain are just so far in front of where they were. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh but no, I think something. you're right. Yeah. Because a few years ago Australia just they, they won just about everything At the Commonwealth Games But um, well, They still have this time But England still were pretty, pretty oh,
0: are, I wonder if they feel They
1: underperformed Nice work England
0: Because they basically got Well they got an even spread across medals But Australia So this is what's impressive So New Zealand pretty much Got an even spread Against medals And that's pretty good Australia dominated with gold mm. So they got 80 gold 60 bronze and silver Whereas England got kind of got forty-five and all, so apologies
1: Australia, to non commonwealth countries. It was pretty oh, exciting. The Americans the love this.
0: Mm. The Americans—they probably just tried to stream it online. I see you're trying to steal stuff offline. <laughs> you're only, you're <laughs> helping me with it. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it work?
1: <laughs> I've got uh, one. I've got a couple of angles. I'm yeah, going. Nice. nice.
0: Oh, John, just call John up if you want to watch a movie. Just say okay.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kickar. <laughs> Kickar. Where were you? <laughs> <Kia ka. laughs>